gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome back to Pick and Pod. I'm Gigi Spear along with Nick Fada today. And we've got a great show for you. I mean, not too much great basketball to talk about, but it's still early in the season. We're going to go talking about Knicks, Nets, And then we're going to branch out to the West, talk about Lakers before rounding it out with a little conversation about the one and only Giannis. Nick, how are you today? I'm great, Gigi. It's always happy to, great experience to be in here in the studio. Like always, love talking some hoops. I'm excited. Let's go. It's good to be back. Good to be back. I also want to sneak in a little Thanksgiving clip at the end. Since the holiday is coming up next week, we're going to have great basketball next week. Hopefully some great food, too. And then I have a question for you at the end. Sweet. That involves both Thanksgiving and basketball. Double whammy. Okay. (laughs) All right, first off, let's talk about the Knicks. Off to a hot start, but now seventh in the East. Just lost to the Magic at home. Um, We had a lot of hope for the Knicks, I think, last time we talked. And I don't think that should go away. What are you thinking, Nick? Uh, Yeah, it's it. I, I do have hope. I just get very bothered also by the fact that this is the second time the Knicks have lost at home to the Magic. Um, 104-98 loss. And, and really, you look across the scoreboard, in a lot of their games, they let a lot of guys contribute. And, and there were six, if I'm counting right, six Magic players in double figures uh, in their win. The Knicks had a lot of guys in double figures as well. They they had five or six as well. But the Knicks are a better team. They need to play better than the Magic. It's It's that simple. Uh, they're also a, a, usually a defensive granted team, and they're giving up 104 points. Not necessarily a lot, but they could do better. Uh, it's the Orlando Magic. They are not a great team. They've shown that by being 4-11. and If they didn't play the Knicks twice, they'd be 2-11. and uh, So I'm, I'm a little disappointed there. The Knicks have their games where they play great against these great teams. Uh, I don't know if they get complacent against teams like, I don't know, the, the Magic they've lost to now twice. Uh, they got blown out by the Cavs, who are a little better than people give credit for, but uh, I'm not happy right now with the Knicks at all. They, they've they really been weak offensively with these new additions, and their defense has been streaky. So if they don't have both of those things going, uh, I don't see them really contending at for top spot in the East, maybe even the playoffs alone. All right. All right. I see what you're saying. I am always optimistic when it comes to the Knicks because you have to be, or else I think life is really just not enjoyable no. at all. You mentioned it, six players for the Knicks in double digits, but not a single player above 20 points. Yep. You have Julius Randle, or excuse me, Kemba Walker and Emmanuel quickly leading the way with 16. Kemba also adding two assists and a rebound and quickly adding one assist, five rebounds. And yeah, you're right. If the offense isn't producing like that, it doesn't just come down to shots not falling. I think it has to be a different approach to the game plan. I mean, they played the Pacers and... They won on Monday night, 92-84, to 84, so I, that's a win there. But, yeah, like you mentioned, the Magic. Losing to the Magic is a morale killer in itself. Yeah. The Magic haven't been good for a while, and the, I know the Nets are taking on the Magic tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, how the Nets continue to bounce back after that Warriors game. But what is going to be the key, you think, for the Nets, for the Knicks here to move forward throughout this rest of the season and be a playoff contender like they were last year? Well, it's it's clear that the East is much better than it was last year as well. There's a lot more competition, so the Knicks have to find a way to step up, I think. They can replicate what they did defensively last season, 
hopefully get a little more offense going. But they're still going to have to take it a step further, I think. You have teams like Miami who are upgraded for sure. Uh, Philly, we've actually handed them two losses, but they're still a pretty solid team when healthy. Of course, the Nets are a powerhouse. Of course, the Bucks are a powerhouse. The Hornets could be a problem. Uh, it, it's a lot of teams in there. The Bulls, of course, I haven't even mentioned. A lot of teams in there that have improved and are showing that they're here and they're fighting for a spot now. Uh, the Knicks can't get complacent. You know, they've had uh, Julius Randle, as much of a dominant scorer he could be, he's getting complacent and shooting too many threes. This whole team is, really. Uh, and they're too talented to, to do that and just settle. And that's kind of how they lost both games to the Magic. They just shot and shot and, and assumed, oh, we're good enough, the shots are going to fall. So they need to kind of stay. I think I'd like to see somehow the same level of intensity, maybe not aggression, but intensity that they show on the defensive side of the ball, like in that Pacers game when they gave up 10 fourth-quarter points for a comeback win. Uh, they have to show that same sort of intensity on the offensive side of the, of the basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Julius Randle, 11.3 points he's averaging on 32% shooting for the season. So, yeah, right there, there has to be a different game plan there. You can't just keep on chucking up the ball and being a dead horse. I think what we could benefit from, if we as the Knicks, is driving more, driving more to the hoop. We're not really seeing that a lot. And, yeah, like you said, doing great defensively. But they started off the season so hot offensively, and we've just seen that cool down. They're putting up 99 points per 100 possessions in three games this week. So you got to see more production offensively for sure. But I think something that is a bright light and we knew it would be a really, really good addition to the Knicks is Kemba Walker. You know, season high, 26 points in that loss to Charlotte, but five points on two for seven shooting in their loss to Orlando. So I think if Kemba gets more consistent and continues to lead the team and stretch the floor, they're going to be able to turn it around and not be a, a write-off bust. Yeah, you know, the, the streakiness with, with Kemba and even Evan Fournier is, is the, the question here. Uh, you look at that game against the Magic, they both scored five points. So if you have two sc- starters who are supposed to probably average maybe upper teens, close to 20 points a game, combining for 10, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, they got help, the Knicks, with, with bench points. Rose, 10 points. Obi Toppin, 14. Alec Burks, 15. But... The real question is then, you know, these guys who are supposed to be your starters, your go-to, they played 21 minutes uh, where you have Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson in the 30s, who their production was better, but it wasn't anything really crazy good where you have to ask the question, is it worth keeping Fournier and Walker out on the court for longer? Say if they get an extra 10 minutes to play, is there a chance they can get hot? Or do you have to say, oh, they're not on it tonight, like Coach Tibbs usually does, and say, okay, Derrick Rose, you're going to play two minutes less than Kemba tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to share the time equally. Or Alec Burks, you scored 15, you're going to play, play six minutes more. So it's, it's very interesting how Tibbs does that, and I think maybe he's going to have to continue to experiment with that and see you know, if Kemba's not having a great night, do we keep him out there to try and figure it out, or do we have to pull the plug? Because his first quarter against his former team in the Hornets was spectacular. That was where he got most of his points. He was a little, relatively quiet the rest of the game, which they ended up losing. So it's the question of, do you trust in your guys to stay the whole way? Or when you see that they're struggling, do you go a different route? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, Obi Toppin, former A-10 player. I know he made a lot of waves here when he was still in college. But I think you got to play him more. Yeah. You look at the Knicks roster. They have the depth. They have the ability to be flexible with who you're putting in. So maybe it does come down to coaching here and then later on in the stretch, too. You put Obi Toppin in more. He's averaging 15 
points or excuse me 15 minutes per game but had a great game even if they did get that loss the other day to the magic he had 14 points on six for nine shooting so if you put a young and young talent like that that could end up being reliable yeah sure he could use more experience but Having him in more and having him in when Randall's in the game too, I think that could change it around. And that could be something that the Knicks could use and Tibbs could use moving forward. Yeah, you've got guys like Toppin and Quickly who are kind of the spark plugs of the team. Uh, it's It's been that way since they were rookies. Uh, since Toppin let down that alley-oop dunk against the Hawks in the first <laughs> round. Quickly, obviously, I think had the better rookie season. Uh, but as of now, you could argue that Obi Toppin's having a nicer sophomore season. And I, I, I could see that continuing because he is – Old, old for a sophomore in, in the NBA, yeah. obviously. He's much older than R.J. Barrett, uh, who's in his, I believe, fourth year now, which is crazy. Third? Fourth? Anyway, but uh, it's it's interesting for me to look at these guys who are who are still so young, who are getting minutes here and there, who have their flashes, but then you don't know, is it is it worth continuing? So that's maybe a question, a theme for the Knicks, uh, of really where do you go game in and game out, or time in and time out, when... <laughs> Uh, when you really need, you know, th- that production because you're not finding it really consistently from anyone yet this season. Uh, like you said, the hot start in the beginning of the season was what every Knicks fan was expecting yeah. to see, uh, and it's really just kind of devolved from then where, where you don't really know where to look uh, for, for direction or leadership. Obviously, you have those guys in the locker room, but when it comes to actual play on the court, uh, Julius Randle getting outscored by Franz Wagner, a, a rookie, Cole Anthony, a sophomore, <laughs> And Jalen Suggs and him at the same amount of points, another rookie, that's not great leadership on the court per se. Uh, I think a team like the Magic, Julius has to take it to him and show that, yeah, I'm an all-star. I'm a veteran. Good luck, kids. Like right. It's that simple to right. me. But uh, obviously the play is much harder, and Julius has, has struggled with that. When you said 11 points per, on the season, I was baffled. I thought it would be at least 15. I know he hasn't played great. Uh, but he's he's got to pick it up, I think. It, honestly, it might start with him because – the Knicks would win games last year when Julius would go for 32, 10, and 8, or whatever his monster stat line was. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that every night. He's got more help, but they're not going to win if he scores 13 and, and no one else is getting 25, 30 points a game. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The Knicks, I think if we, again, if we are the Knicks, I think I'm really identifying with them right now in this phase <laughs> of life, maybe struggling a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, maybe it's the curse of the bing bong here. Maybe it's yeah. just getting to them a little bit. And it's just going to take some time coming up to this holiday, coming up to Thanksgiving games, and after that, and then headed down the stretch for the rest of the season. The Knicks could do it. They do have vet leadership, like you mentioned, and it's all about stepping up. You still have D-Rose on your team. And, yeah, if he's not going to get that many minutes, he's still going to be there contributing with his knowledge more than anything. Of course, he's putting up points, but he's there, and he has the experience. And speaking of experience, we got to go head over down New York a little bit over to Barclays Center to talk about the Nets, a team that we thought this experience would come together, but we have been seeing them fall apart just a little bit. I have to ask you, Nick, the Nets just lost to the Warriors. Did you think that that would be the championship matchup? I I, I don't really know because I could talk with the Warriors here too, as well as the Nets. They're two teams that obviously have the potential talent-wise to do it. Uh, it, it's so early, you know. You've seen Stephen A. Smith already crown the Warriors champion, which right. is nuts to me. Maybe if this was May, okay, it's different, but uh, it easily could be. If it, the way Steph Curry's playing and the way Kevin Durant's playing, they're the one and two MVP. Maybe even interchangeable. Uh, the 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 dominance that they have in this game is unreal. It's not fair. I don't know how teams can even 
that, that no one can guard them, but no. the fact that teams even beat them to me is is mind blowing. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect the Warriors to walk in there. I thought KD was going to have his way, uh, mainly because you know he's at home and he's. I, I believe this is the first time he is playing a, a relatively healthy Warriors squad uh, with his new team in the Nets. So yeah. it was it was great NBA basketball, but but Steph brought it to him and. and that Warriors team is just really exciting. They're a lot more electric and 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 uh, I guess energetic than the Nets are. The Nets obviously a little older, a little more uh, bring it to you in a in a slower paced kind of grit and grind basketball, I guess, or one on one especially. Uh, but I, I I think it could be a future matchup. I'm not necessarily going to make a pick yet, uh, but I do love both of these teams' chances to get there. I think especially Clay Thompson comes back, James Wiseman comes back. Knock on wood, both of them stay healthy. Uh, that Warriors team is very, very scary with that more depth. So, I, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to it. At the same time, maybe once the time comes, I would be like, oh, these guys again. Right. Um, but it is a different team. Besides, you know, like we talked before the show, the the big three plus Iguodala as well making his return. So, I would be okay seeing it. I think it would be good basketball. Maybe not as a as a fan. I would want to see another team, but. As far as just watching some quality hoops, that would be a great matchup. Yeah, that's the thing I think about this NBA season is you've seen a lot of different teams step up that just haven't been at the forefront yep. of anybody's minds in the past couple of years. Unless you're a diehard Bulls fan, regardless no. of MJ being out for as many years as he's been out now. But yeah, you said it. The Warriors were the 2014-2015 Warriors the other night. They took that win 117-99 to against the Brooklyn Nets. KD, 19 points on the night to Steph Curry's 37. But like you said, one and two. They are both the top two dogs in the lead. Steph Curry leading the league with 29.5 points and KD right behind him, 28.6. And when I was at Barclays Center the other week for a game, there was the chance MVP, MVP every time KD touched the ball. So I definitely was watching the game and thinking, all right, this is a potential NBA championship game right here yeah you can't put too much pressure on this game but KD didn't step up in the way that I think anybody expected him to James Harden actually leading the way for the Nets with 24 4 and 4 and I have to ask you should we be writing off James Harden like a lot of people are doing he hasn't been himself no way has he been what we've seen him be in the past but I remember a couple weeks ago, he said, I'm finally getting in the groove. I'm feeling myself now. He was out a lot of the summer, couldn't really play a pickup because of his injuries. And then now he's hit with this new rule that doesn't let him do what he does, which is flop. So what are you thinking about James Harden's ability to adapt for the rest of the season? I mean, I I think it's going to come with time, especially to write him off is is a bad word. He, He was, you still could argue he is a superstar in this league and he has been for the past 10 or so years. Uh, last night against, or was it Tuesday night maybe, Tuesday night against the Cavs, they returned, they played back-to-back nights. Harden had 27, 10, and 7. That's prime James Harden right there. That's perfect. Uh, and again, Cleveland is 9 and 7, better record than the Knicks. Who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> and, and that, you know, Harden, obviously, so he led the way in scoring and in, in assists. That That's James Harden with the Rockets. And this Nets team, again, when I think when Harden can take on that, point guard role like he says he he really wants to and get the scoring going there's no way they beat they beat them KD had 23 and that's all he needed to win by 10 yeah uh so if if he gets that help obviously Patty Mills had 21 LaMarcus Aldridge had 24 turning back the clock for the Nets uh mm-hmm. it, it's it's really I think that could be a, a testament to Harden's playmaking I'm sure he worked a lot with those guys both on and off the court 
Uh, all four of those guys I just mentioned played 30-plus minutes. So it's it's a culminated effort, of course, but I think Harden is really at the forefront of that with KD because he's more of that playmaking guy at this point in his career. He could still get you the bucket, maybe not as many without the fouls, uh, but I really think he's he's going to kind of thrive in this new role that he finds for himself without his old-school style of foul, foul, foul. So Yeah, it's going to be about adapting here, and we'll see it tonight too. Joe Harris out because of injury against the Magic tonight. The Nets are taking them on at home, 7.30 this Friday. So I think tonight could be a good test to see how much James Harden can continue to put the weight of the team half on his back at least you still have a great roster behind you but I completely agree I think that both the Nets and the Knicks are not out New York we still have a chance to be a great great basketball city and I think that like I always say this early on it's way too early to tell there's so much that could change and speaking of a lot of that could change we have to talk about the Lakers very briefly Nick, what are you thinking about these? Do they deserve their ninth spot in the Western Conference right now, sitting at 8-8? Eight and eight? And they allow the second most points in the paint per game in the NBA right now. What are you thinking about these Lakers? So I'll, I'll start with that stat you just mentioned. I'm not surprised by that at all because uh, besides, really, if you look at their roster, I guess Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan play limited minutes. Those are their two big shot blockers. And Anthony Davis does not sit in the paint as much as he used to because he's Nowhere near as mobile as, as he was in his first year there. A lot of injuries, of course, have come on him. Besides that, they have really no one guarding the rim, uh, especially without LeBron. And LeBron's defense is even a question now because whether or not he decides he wants to run back on D or whatever. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious with the Lakers to see, you know, they're 8-8 eight eight through 16 games. Give it another 16 games, where do they finish? Obviously, they get LeBron back supposedly tonight. Mm-hmm. Um but just because LeBron's back doesn't mean they turn into a super team. They still have a lot of, of work to do. He's only played in, I think, five or six games this season uh, where these guys still have to learn to mold and mesh. I think that time will come eventually. Obviously, Lakers have had some very good, solid wins where they get, whether it was Melo going for 25 in a win, Russ having a triple-double. Uh, 80s had some solid games, nothing really superstar level in my mind. Uh, but this game against the Bucks, I, I really think, I was happy that they had a chance to win it, but the real problem was Giannis, and and I mentioned this before, AD not stepping up. If if you take LeBron off this team, without a question, Anthony Davis is supposed to be the best player. Right. Uh, but he really didn't show that last night, especially especially by not picking up Giannis more often than not, and letting letting the guy who in the past two years has been compared to, oh, who's better, Giannis or AD? Right. There should be no question. Giannis had forty seven in their matchup, and AD had nineteen, eighteen. Excuse me. So I, I don't. I don't know the direction of this Lakers team. I think it's one of the harder questions to ask in the league because you have so many wild cards. Will Melo be able to keep shooting well? Uh, will Russ find some sort of rhythm? Will AD stay healthy? Will LeBron stay healthy? Every single one of their kind of main guys who they look to for, for leadership and for buckets is there's a question with them that, that really is almost like their kryptonite question. Uh, and, and I think if it all hits at the wrong time for the Lakers, they could be in some trouble. Yeah, really combustible team. I think you look at this roster and you think, all right, this is going to be a great team in the playoffs. Yeah, we know LeBron's going to get some DNPs early on. (laughs) It's always like that. Is it really an ankle? Is it an abdominal injury right now? You don't know. But, yeah, you mentioned it. AD third in scoring against the Bucs as they got that loss, 102-109. The Bucs took that win. And AD with 18 points, Russ right above him with 19, and then Taylor Horton Tucker with 25 12 rebounds, 3 assists. 
But what I would say very briefly before we wrap up about these Lakers is you could really rely on them to be themselves. And I think that's the beauty of all these players. But that's also their downfall is unlike maybe James Harden changing his style of play just because he has to and he's not going to get these calls. You're not going to see Melo play defense. You're going to have him shoot. And like you said, he has to keep shooting for the Lakers to be good. But is LeBron going to get back on D? Yeah, of course he is. But is he going to do every play? No, he's not going to do that. Is Russ going to be able to share the ball and stretch the floor and allow LeBron to drive to the paint instead of LeBron having to pull up as much as he's he's been doing? He missed that first 10 out of the first 16 games. So, yeah, with LeBron coming back, these this team shouldn't change that much. But I think what should change is how many wins they're getting. And let's talk about Giannis before we get into just a little Thanksgiving segment. I want to ask you just one question about Giannis. Do you think he is the MVP this year, even though we have Steph Curry and KD up there? Uh, I, I can't say that right now because if you look, obviously this has something to do with it, the records and winning right now. The Bucks are below 500, which is shocking. Uh, they've had, you know, Drew Holiday's missed a couple games. Middleton's missed a couple games. Brooke Lopez. Uh, Giannis, obviously just the dominance stays there for him. It, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, but – he could be. I think his name will be back in the mix once the season kind of really, really gets going. Uh, and, and you know, the Bucks will finish the top of the East, I'm sure, at least one of the top two or three seeds. Uh, I could see Giannis being in the ring for, for that MVP. I wouldn't consider him Steph or, or KD level right now just because of the team's success as well as, you know, those guys have had several games where they've gone 35, 40 points on very efficient shooting. Of course, Steph with threes, KD going wherever he wants. This was kind of Giannis's first monster game of the season, I would say, where you look and say, oh, okay, yeah. 47, all right, we hear you. But, right. Um, I think he will continue to do that. Right now, no, his name's not in the ring for me, but give it 20, 30 games into the season, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's the reigning MVP, finals champ, finals MVP, depoy, whatever you want to call him for a reason. He He'll proved be himself. He He'll definitely proved himself. All right, Nick, to wrap up, I want to talk to you about Thanksgiving just in case we have another Pick and Pod episode next week, a little bit closer to Thanksgiving. It's Friday right now, uh, six days out from Thanksgiving this year, and I want to do something a little crazy. I want you to pick, if you could pick your main dish <laughs> for Thanksgiving this year using a player, who would it be? So that means, like, who would be the best thing on the menu right now Stephen out of the Curry. entire NBA. Steph Curry. It has to be Steph Curry. Steph Curry. It's, it's no question for me. Again, you could argue Katie or him. The, this, the level of excitement that Steph brings is really, again, if you look at a menu per se and you go, ooh, that looks good. It's Steph Curry. Steph. <laughs> it's Steph Curry. There's no question. The shooting is unreal. His defense has been slept on this season. Uh, he's had some great defense possessions. And he plays on such a, a very young and exciting team with a lot of guys who of course, love him, and I think feed off his energy and as well the, the shooting. Jordan Poole, those guys. Uh, so Steph Curry is the main dish, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, that's exactly what I would say too. There's no doubting that Steph Curry is so Steph Curry this season, yeah. and it's really nice to have him back. Even if I did get tired of him when they were that dynasty a couple years ago, it's nice to have him back. And he is old reliable this season. That was exactly what I was thinking. He's old reliable. He's old reliable. He's being Steph, and he's working well as he always does with the coaching staff, with players, with everyone. Now, the next thing, speaking of working well, I got to ask you about gravy. And I'm going to tell you who I think my gravy is, and that's Andre Iguodala. Who brings the dish together? That's Andre Iguodala. He is this crucial addition. Yeah, you have Steph back. You're going to have Clay back soon. 
But Andre Iguodala being there, being there on defense, and then also being able to score and be a vet, he is really what brings the entire team together. It's interesting for me. I, I've, I've had a couple picks with this, but I would, I would have picked this guy last season as well. When I pick him now with the Miami Heat, it's PJ Tucker. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's PJ Tucker. Uh, you know, you could say basically any of those guys on the Heat, uh, but I don't count Jimmy because he's a star. You know, Bam is relatively a star too. Lowry is declining in this. I think his sense of of stardom. I don't think he's really going to be an All Star again. But for me, PJ Tucker, he does so much. In in really, you don't really see it. Almost uh, last game he did have 15 points in in the Heat's win against the Wizards, but uh, I've I've watched a couple of games where he's kind of been a facilitator almost. Of course, his defense is out of this world. He rebounds like he's seven foot. Yeah. Uh, he really just does everything, and he's also uh, obviously he's a veteran. I think he's in his mid to late 30s at this point, and he's still playing just as hard as he did five, ten years ago. And I I really think similar to Iguodala, that's the style that every team needs one of those guys. The gravy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my gravy is P.J. Tucker. I just love everything he does on the court. He may not, you know, he may miss some shots where you're like, how'd you miss that? But that's not what he does. That's not his game. He'll hit your corner threes. He'll play great D. He'll rebound. He'll make the good pass when he needs to. And I think that's what you need in a gravy guy. Yeah, never hurting the team. Yeah, same age as LeBron, 36 years yeah. old, and came into the league in 2006. So I, I like that. I like that you threw in P.J. Tucker there. Sadly, that's all we have for you all today. But I want everybody out there to be thinking about who would be your main dish? Who would be, maybe you could even throw in a dessert there as we head into this Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Nick Feda and all of WFUV Sports, I'm Gigi Spear. This is Pick and Pod.